Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It is Tuesday, March 26th. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky De Oliveira. And I'm Japheth De Oliveira. And uh, let me pray for today. Heavenly Father, uh, again, as we connect, uh, wherever we are, whether we're in our car or whether we're at home and we're just reflecting now on, your, on this passage, we ask, Lord, for a blessing. Uh, God, give us your wisdom. Give us your insight and uh, application in our lives. Lord, as we think about our family and our friends, the conversations that we have, people who we are thankful for, people who we are new as we're meeting them. God, you know, we ask for just insights into their life and insights into our own life as well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we are reading today from the message, the MSG, John chapter 12, verses 1 through 19, subheading, anointing his feet. Six days before Passover, Jesus entered Bethany, where Lazarus, so recently raised from the dead, was living. Lazarus and his sisters invited Jesus to dinner at their home. Martha served. Lazarus was one of those sitting at the table with them. Mary came in with a jar of very expensive aromatic oils, anointed and massaged Jesus' feet, and then wiped them with her hair. The fragrance of the oils filled the house. Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, even then getting ready to betray him, said, Why wasn't this oil sold and the money given to the poor? It would have easily brought 300 pieces of silver, or 300 silver pieces. He said this not because he cared two cents about the poor, but because he was a thief. He was in charge of their common funds, but also embezzled them. Jesus said, let her alone. She's anticipating and honoring the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you. You don't always have me. Word got out among the Jews that he was back in town. The people came to take a look, not only at Jesus, but also at Lazarus, who had been raised from the dead. So the high priest plotted to kill Lazarus because so many of the Jews were going over and believing in Jesus on account of him. Subheading, See How Your King Comes. The next day, the huge crowd that had arrived for the feast heard that Jesus was entering Jerusalem. They broke off palm branches and went out to meet him. And they cheered, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in God's name. Yes, the King of Israel. Jesus got a young donkey and rode it, just as the scripture has it. No fear, daughter Zion, see how your king comes, riding a donkey's colt. The disciples didn't notice the fulfillment of many scriptures at the time, but after Jesus was glorified, they remembered that what was written about him matched what was done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, was there giving eyewitness accounts. It was because they had spread the word of the latest God, this latest God sign that the crowd swelled to a welcoming parade. The Pharisees took one look and threw up their hands. It's out of control. The world's in a stampede after him. Mm. I like that last sentence too. Yeah, that's nicely done. That's a great one. The world's in a stampede after him. That's superb. So uh, the question for today, actually, you know, just before I even dive into, into that, it just it struck me as, I, as we read the message version of uh, the passage today, um, just how, how the inserts of the story are laid out. So John tells us a story and then he throws in there and he says and here's the insight that we had as disciples you know we we afterwards we remembered this and we remembered how scripture had been fulfilled and i think we have to remember that all these stories have a real intent behind them 
to say something to us. They all have like a, a message that they want to deliver, and uh, and we forget that that's actually there's a there's like a a point a major point to the story that he wants to bring you to like this is who you believe in, this is who you know, this is our God. And so it's kind of cool. It's nice to yeah, see. Yeah, I like the way he acknowledges that the disciples didn't understand the prophetic nature of the donkey until later, mm-hmm. which he could have given that he was writing this after the fact. He could have just acted like, yeah, we knew that all along. And yet, and the truth is that, you know, riding a donkey is seen as like, you know, the royal thing. King Saul Although, did it. doesn't it feel kind of also like... I mean, given that the prophecy had already been made, uh-huh. that you could just go and do the things that it says. Like, obviously, you ride a donkey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, to me, there's nothing like, whoa, how did that happen? It, it feels kind of straightforward. Like, it does, it does not feel miraculous to me. That's not what I would describe as an uncanny occurrence that I could not in any way explain. Yeah. I don't think he was trying to say that it was uncanny, though, right? No, but I mean, sometimes people, I've had people explain these sorts of things to me in a way that they act as if it is uncanny. Like, can you oh, believe yeah. that Jesus met all the characteristics of the prophecy? And it's like, well, I mean, he knew what they were, though. So he well, had some ability. He didn't have an ability over where he was born and things like that. But there were certain things I he could he, certainly do. I think he had done just some of the elements, you know, the kind of like the wowzer ones, the, the, the kind of like amazing ones, and missed all the others. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not so saying the, the that I don't believe it or whatever. It's yeah. just that that is kind of a prickly little question in there it is. that, that it you is. can think well okay so here's a question today that actually kind of lends itself into that actually it has been said the opposite of faith is not doubt but certainty do you agree hmm, that? i think that's an interesting thing because the idea of faith well, would be have that to you define, right well faith doubt if you know something absolutely which there aren't very many things that anyone knows absolutely i would say um so I think some some people require certainty, though, don't they? Is the opposite of like trust they, doubt? Um, I don't know. I'm not See, sure. I, I'm not I'm always like, sure what the opposite of yeah anything is I, necessarily, or that something has to have so, an opposite. So what exactly. I really like about this, and I think it's a good question. Uh, what I like about this is that um, doubt is is just one of those really important things, and and then it's one of those overused things as well. So I think like it's really good to question and to process and to to kind of like ascertain where you are, reason through it and digest all the kind of ideas that you have rather than just like suppressing. I think what right? bothers me about but, this is I don't equate doubt and certainty with being the same level of thing. I would put certainty and unbelief as being the same kind of thing of being kind of polar opposites from one another where you have an absolute... I do not believe this, so say, or an absolute I do believe this. Be doubt is kind of like faith. Um, I'm saying the opposite, the opposite of faith. So you were saying that doubt, sorry, you said doubt is the opposite. Oh, I think that faith and doubt are opposites. I think certainty and and unbelief are also opposites. But I don't think doubt and certainty are the, the things that would oppose each other. It's one or the other of so those. Do you see what I mean? So can you have faith that feels like certainty or not? I mean, not? you can have anything. Well. Like, I, I think some people so, are hardwired to be that way, to crave certainty. And there's some people, I think, who are also hardwired to, to doubt it. all the time as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, and actually, so, actually being one of those people, I 
I don't think doubt is the same thing as, as unbelief either. Yeah. Because doubt just means that you have questions. It doesn't mean that you've decided. Certainty and doubt are both absolutes. So that's that's what I th- and that's what I'm saying is that I think that there is a I mean a certainty space, and, and unbelief. There's are both a space absolutes. for doubt to exist in. And mm-hmm. I think all of us need to be able to process those questions. And then there's a space where where doubt can become obstinate. Uh, and it be- and it becomes like, well, that's just like uh, unnecessary and so the, the question really becomes out like at what point do you allow doubt to be free and authentic and when do you allow doubt to be the excuse well I think I'm coming at it from this point of view um, with what I study there's an element of I guess what you could call doubt mm-hmm. which is error that's built into absolutely everything mm. so you never would say that you 100% absolutely know Beyond something reasonable doubt well, I yeah. mean, that I'm not in law, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't say what you say is that you have evidence for something at a 95 percent uh-huh. confidence level. Yeah, yeah. That is what you have. Yeah, it's not 100 percent. Yeah, and it never could be. It could be 99 percent. Yeah, but it's never going to be 100. So the doubt is always built in, and that's just kind of considered, I guess, common sense that you that you're. And then there are some people who a just certain amount of respect cannot, for cannot live with that, and they need absolute certainty well, in I mean, some you're, areas you're of life. You're not going to find that in the world. Well, there are some people who live in that kind of like zone and, and need that kind of stuff. So this is, I mean, it, I think it's actually a worthwhile question that requires a lot more of unpacking inside of it. So yeah, let me repeat it one more time for us today, and, and then I'll encourage you guys to process it. It has been said, it has been said, the opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty. Do you agree with that? Disagree? Talk to your friends about it. Yes, yeah, so uh, you have to have an absolute answer. Yes, I agree. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about it with your friends. Look after each other. Live love. And we will connect tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.